the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to What's the Score, a series solely dedicated to the support of Central Florida's small business and entrepreneurs. Donated as a community service by Salem Media Group. Now, here's Christopher Hart and Rich Jekyll. Hello again, and welcome to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business and put it into execution perfectly. Speaking of perfect, wow, we have Mr. Perfect second, uh, (laughs) award-winning Mr. Perfect in the studio with us today, and of course that is Rich Jekyll of Score. Great to see you, Rich, as always. Christopher Hart, Dale Hart. Good and, to see you. Yeah, and I am Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries Radio Show, and this show is all about score. And Rich, why don't you give the five minute or five thirty second? Thirty second? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no speech. five minute, huh? Yeah. Okay. So SCORE started out as an assistant group to the SBA because it was so difficult 55 years ago to get and fill out the application for an SBA loan that common people just didn't know how to do it. And so they got bound up with all the paperwork, et cetera, et cetera. So this is a voluntary organization. They had no part of the SBA that helped people, applicants, uh, actually fill out the application for an SBA loan. And this happened, uh, again, about 55 years ago, and it has spread from about five founders to 15,000 volunteers across the U.S. in 390 offices across the U.S. We're all volunteers, SCORE is a nonprofit, and we're there to help. And that's it. And when you go there to get their help, they're going to ask you to, well, can we say pay up? Because you don't really do that. (laughs) No, we don't. Because Uh the mentorship program is the big F word. It's free. Absolutely free. All of these volunteers are there for the asking, ladies and gentlemen, all of their experience and their wisdom. And their bruises are there for you to partake of so that you don't have to undergo the headaches that uh, they have already endured. The pioneers catch all the arrows. Indeed. Scores there to help you maximize your... Your odds of being successful. Right. You know, no, no, nothing's guaranteed, as we know. But if you're working with these folks, your chances of success skyrocket. Yes. There's no question about it. Yep. You learn from our mistakes. And experience. And they also have a great package of classes, a great cur- curriculum. And it is business-oriented and business-running-oriented. Mm-hmm. In other words, mm-hmm. not, you're not going to get into a whole lot of theory and all of that sort of thing. You're going to get the nuts and bolts of how to run a business, how to be successful, how to have a sales team, how to yep. help that sales team be successful, yep. how to handle your regulations, your taxes, your laws, and all of that sort of thing. Right. QuickBooks or uh, social uh, media. Yeah, social media, QuickBooks, uh, there's legal, there's marketing, especially, which is really hot today. Yeah, indeed. And as I said, uh, the great curriculum of classes. Now, some of the offerings uh, are free, 
But the ones they do charge for, it's really a minimal charge, and you get material, paper material you'll be taking home with you and for great information, not to mention the networking opportunity each one of these classes provides you and the education you're going to get. This is serious stuff. And I tell you, if I had a child, say, coming out of high school thinking of running their own business, before I put them through college, I'd put them through SCORE. Oh, yeah. Because even if they didn't go on to college, they'd yeah. be the smartest kid in the class. Thank yeah. you, SCORE. They know what to do and what not to do. That's Indeed. the key. Indeed. And that's what it's all about. And once again, the mentorship program is absolutely free. The charges for the classes, if there is one, is minimal. You can go to orlando.score.org to find out more about the lineup and all the volunteers here locally. You'll also, if you want to, sign up for the newsletter, which they'll be sending you regularly alerts as to the upcoming classes, the upcoming offerings. Events, right. Events. Like coffee with a leader. Yep. Lunch with a leader. The biz fest when it comes around and everything in between. That's orlando.score.org. And because it is a national organization, they have a national website, which is simply score.org. And at that location, you'll find more in terms of the actual nuts and bolts and documents that you'll need. That's right. It's kind of an online library. It, it, it contains so many templates about That's a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah that uh, about uh, how to hire. What kind of agreements do I need? It'll give you templates on hiring documents and firing documents and all kinds of stuff like that that uh, that is pertinent to your business. And these are legal documents yes. that you can download and yeah. use for yourself. And, and it's free, again. Indeed, all, once again, at SCORE.org. And because SCORE does have a local office here and has for quite some time, you can actually visit them person to person. Yes, in fact, there are humans. <laughs> Indeed, that, that populate this office as part of the National Entrepreneur Center in the Orlando Fashion Square Mall. This is a state-of-the-art business promotion uh, endeavor and people literally come all from all over the country and all over the world to see all how over it's the done. world Indeed. actually yeah and the National Entrepreneur Center is located on the west end of the Fashion Square Mall if you park right off of McGuire there in the the uh, parking garage just look for the vines on the wall and go right in that mall entrance there and there is the National Entrepreneur Center that's where they have the classes and everything unless it's otherwise yep. noted will be. Uh, the uh, function that will be there, and they have state-of-the-art classroom facilities, boardroom facilities, you name it, they got it yeah, there. All kinds of meetings, and facilities. The, indeed, and scores one of it's 13 or 14 13, right, yeah. great organizations like SBA, like the Hispanic uh, uh, Chamber of Chamber Commerce, Commerce right. the African-American, African-American Chamber of Commerce. And uh, Prospera, who yeah. is an equivalent, a Spanish equivalent of SCORE. Right. They do uh, such things as scholarships, and they teach courses uh, in Spanish. Right. And here's the best part. You can take as advantage of as little or as much as you like yeah. with SCORE. Yeah. So it's up to you. And give them a call if you'd like at 407-420-4844. That's at the National Entrepreneur Center, 407-420-4844. And during normal business hours, Monday through Friday and Saturday mornings, right. if you call Saturday. that number or walk in the door, you'll yeah. actually, as Rich said, meet a human being. Right. And as we mentioned, they oftentimes bring in outside. Now, the the standard curriculum, uh, the 
business classes like a sales team, the basics on social media, how to start, how to start and all of that sort of thing. Those are taught by score volunteers and professionals counselors, and yeah. counselors, and they're very good instructors and they don't just walk in out of the blue. I mean, there's, they have to go through a regiment to be able to do this. Right. But sometimes for the coffee with a leader series and the lunch with a leader series or other programs, they'll bring in outside speakers. And uh, our guest today, was she an outside speaker? Was an ap- representative of that. All right. That so, very thing. Uh, we, nice segue in there. Yeah, the we'd like to welcome to the show today, Kimra Major Morris, who is an intellectual property attorney. Kimra, thank you for being on What's the Score? Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay. Well, the first thing we always do is find out a little something about the guest before we sort of get to the business end of things. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you from this area? I'm originally from Delaware, Wilmington, Delaware, and I've been in Florida off and on since I was 18. My parents moved me down here. Um, I went to FIU, graduated from FIU in communications, Mm -hmm. And then I worked in the video production industry for 14 years before I went back to school. Here in Florida? I went where? Working? Yes, in the video production. I worked at CNN headquarters in Atlanta. Then I transferred Hmm. to CNN Financial Network at Penn Penn Plaza in New York. Um, And then I moved back down to Florida to work for HBO Latin America, where I was a video editor don't speak Portuguese, but I was typing Portuguese subtitles. Is that right? <laughs> uh, oh, wait a minute. Here, I, know. I don't quite understand that one, but I'll talk to you later. Uh, 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 so you spent, you said, 14 years? Out of school. So I graduated in 91 and, well, 90 from FIU. And then I worked as a freelancer in the uh, entertainment industry. I worked for Bobby Brown mm-hmm. okay. while he was married to Whitney. Um, doing promotions for his record company first. And then I worked for CNN as an, with an entry level position, which actually was very helpful. It was something called a VJ where we would rotate, uh, camera, teleprompter, editing, a lot of experience there. Um, and I had, I had a lot of jobs in, in the TV industry. I ended up being a freelance videographer and photographer for BET doing such things as red carpet photography for the Soul Train Awards and different. Yeah. Where was that at? That was in L.A. So, I mean, I I was living in Florida at the time, but I was doing and even through law school, they would call me to do spring bling to do the event photography. So so I stayed active in it. Oh, yeah. Very good. (laughs) Let me back up. You. Was this is this a a graduate? I'm sorry, a undergraduate program at FIU? Well, I majored in broadcast productions at FIU. Yes. All right. And then you took that and ran with it. Ran with it. (laughs) You did something with Full Sail, too. I taught at Full Sail. I taught a course called Entertainment Business and Law in 2004. And I was there just for a short time because I got accepted into law school shortly after Full Sail hired me. So I ended up teaching there for seven months. Isn't it supposed to work the other other way way, Entertainment Business and Law course, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. uh, Fascinating. So... Uh, your your parents still with us here in Central yes. Florida? Yes. Okay. They must have been pretty proud of you. Yeah, pretty. They are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, well, we got to take a break here in just a little over a minute. By the way, she is a lawyer now, and we'll find out how that all came about when we come back from the break. But in the meantime, if you would like to go to her website and begin to check it out, and uh, you can view it while we're talking on the radio here. 
It is MajorMorrisLaw.com, and you spell that just the way you would think you would spell it, MajorMorrisLaw.com. Once again, our guest, Kimra Major Morris, and she is an intellectual property attorney, and maybe we can see kind of a connection going on here with the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. that yeah. sort of thing. Right. And uh, once She's again, already told me we broke the rules already. So. Uh, okay, all right. Well, we usually do that around here <laughs> we'll on, get frequent, into that on a regular, later. frequent basis, you might say. <laughs> all right, uh, you are listening to What's the Score? Once again, the SCORE website, orlando.score.org. And don't forget the Facebook page, which is SCORE Orlando. Yeah, and like us. Yeah, Rich will be upset if you don't go there and yeah. like us, all right? And it's Score Orlando on Facebook and orlando.score.org. And please don't forget to sign up for the newsletter. So we will be right back with more of What's the Score? Okay, welcome back to What's the Score? That's right, folks. This is the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. Rich Jekyll from Score and myself, Christopher Hart, are here today. Our guest, Kimra Major Morris. She is an intellectual property attorney. And once again, the website is majormorrislaw.com if you'd like to go right there right now and visit it. Kimber, we were talking about a little bit about your life and out of college, you had a communications degree. You went to work for CNN. You ended up working for some major entertainers. BET. And then at, at uh, BET. Did you ever have a chance, by the way, to meet Robert Johnson? No, I did not. Okay. He, he's a, he was the founder, of course, yes. of BET. Oh. Anyway, so you're, you, you got this pretty cool gig, sounds like, going on. Right. And then you decided <laughs> to go to law school. How did that happen? I know. Because some people say, what's the segue? What, what kind of segue is that? Well, um, even before college, I was a rapper. <laughs> so that's a funny oh, no. one. But it's writing. So that's, that's the connection with well, all of these gigs. Of poetry. Exactly. Um, so, right. So hip hop, for me, it was written expression. Then you go, I thought video editing is writing with pictures. And I did that. And, and HBO had layoffs. And, you know, I really thought that I was going to end up in California working as a feature film editor. But because my family was still on the East Coast, I said, what, what else can I do to really to have stability? Because a lot of the bouncing around for me was not the result of me being being bored at these jobs. It was change in management, you know, and nature and, of the job. Yeah. So yeah. for my stability, um, I chose to go back to school. So I was 37 years old and decided to go back to school. So I graduated from law school at 40. Um but the connection there was just the writing. You know, I thought that I could do more, um, actually be a better service going back to school and hmm. to still work in the same industry. So I chose to be self-employed. I graduated and right, went right into private practice. Wow. You, Impressive. So you went back to law school and when was this? I started in started 04. School, yep. Say. Graduated in 07. Okay. So you, you, you went right at it. Yep. And... And you studied intel. Well, in law school, basically, you, you study law in general. Yeah, exactly. But now, were there any particular classes they offered for intellectual property? Attorneys? Yes, I'm glad you asked. So we all get a juris doctor degree from degree. Right. Sorry, from from law school, and you can take electives based on what your interests are. And I knew that I was going to go into entertainment. I was. I didn't know that I would go into intellectual property. And there's just a small distinction. 
Intellectual property is the protection for me. I'm serving brand owners and creative content owners. And so I could easily call myself an intellectual, I mean, in, just an entertainment attorney. But my focus is more on the business community um, outside of entertainment. So, so entertainment is just a minor part of exactly. Yours. Okay, It's just a subject matter, but it's still protecting the creative content and the brand okay. of someone who happens to be famous versus someone who's a small business owner. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. And you said when you graduated law school, you got your 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 license mm-hmm. and you went right to work as as in yep. as, as a uh, by your by your soul, yep solo practitioner. And that that's you most that brave, right? Yeah, because most <laughs> yeah. lawyers, you know, uh, either you know, becomes prosecutors, the public defenders, mm-hmm. or go to a practice where it's already established. Right. And, uh, but did you have, uh, I mean, did you have some nest egg to rely on? I mean, because no. you just gone through law no. school. That exactly. No, I was extremely broke. Okay. <laughs> There's yeah. levels of broke. And, and so that, I was extremely broke. Extremely <laughs> brave, too, on top of that. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of my mentality was, you know, I've already I'm sacrificed. Broke, so let's go for I've, already sacri- <laughs> right. Right. I've already sacrificed. I've already sacrificed so much mm-hmm. that I can build this. You know, I could. Mm-hmm. I could see. I had people around me that were successful as entertainment attorneys, and I had good mentors and you well, know I, good people guiding me. I was. Good, that was going to be yeah. my next question mm-hmm. after making light of it. Mm-hmm. Was, <laughs> is that you had been in the business, right? And so uh, it would. Had you been around people, you know, who were lawyers who. They did. You did have some connections you could rely Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And so it wasn't like you just came out of law school. No. Fresh. No, I mean, been, and haven't the, been in the industry. I no, mean. and they were generous. So I had, um, for example, some entertainment attorney friends who were kind enough to share templates. You know, this is and give me a roadmap. This is how you provide kind this representation. Kind of you along yeah. a little bit. Yep. Cool. And now, at some point, you. Uh, you said it wasn't so much about it's not so much about entertainment now. No. But back then it was. Right, because so, that was the circle I knew. Right. And so, so that's what you needed to start with. But how did it sort of morph into what it is now? Yeah. Well, the more I started talking to people, I would go I wrote this book in oh nine called Copy How to Avoiding Copyright Infringement in Your Church. So that was something that I did while okay. I was waiting to find out if I um, had passed the bar. So it was something that I did while I was waiting for my results. And it gave me a platform to be able to go out to these um, technology departments and churches and and share with them the things that that they could and could not do without a license. Because a lot of people think it's, well, it's it's a church service. I should be able to sing and and you can. So there's an exemption in copyright law that says if you're in a worship service and you can perform, you have a performance right, as long as it's in a, a place of worship. But now that we're technology has taken us so we can stream our services, we're no longer in the place of worship, right? So it has to be a physical place. Correct. Oh. So there are church licenses that are necessary for you to be able to perform and stream in these religious services now that they're being recorded. And just um, out of curiosity, is there a difference between performing is what does perform mean? Does perform mean that the members of the church perform the music or can they play a recorded version of the original artist? Both, performing? both. So both of so one is a live performance and the other one would be an accompaniment track, you know, or something like that. But both of those are considered performances 
for the purpose of copyright law. Okay, so it'd be okay as long as you're just inside your own facility. Correct. There, but once you start to reach out, yep. then it's Hold music, elevator music. So that's why you, when you go to the club, they've got blanket licenses. So the church is no different, you know, I dare say, <laughs> than the right. club. But, right. you know, you've got the same situation right. where no, you're playing well, for sure. the public. And when it comes to radio, for instance, uh, there are rules and regulations as to what we can do with bump music and that sort of thing. Right. Uh, our guest today, Kimra Major Morris, intellectual property attorney, MajorMorrisLaw.com is the website. Yeah. How did you get, uh, just out of curiosity, you were in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. How did you get into churches? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, where, That's funny. Where's well, the... Uh, the segue there? So yeah. yeah. People can... Yeah. So, okay. So I was, I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. Um, so I would go, but I stopped going. You know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say um, overly um, active, but I did notice the music the musical performances and someone one day I just overheard someone say, let's check with our license. And because I was at the time in school, I'd looked into that and realized that a lot of churches did not know. I didn't know that you needed a license for certain things. Yeah. And so the, the King James version is in the public domain of the Bible, but some of the other versions are not. So if you're displaying the words, I mean, copyright infringement. So a lot of people, think, well, who's going to sue the church? But, you know, you're vulnerable. It's still a business. Um, and then there's still practices that we need to be mindful of. Wow. Did you know that? No. Where do you go to get this license? How do you? How, and, so there's and, and a company. What, how much does it cost? What's it based on? It's based on the size of the congregation. And I have no relationship with church copyright solutions, but they have a website that's very, I think, comprehensive. And they they have relationships with the performing rights organizations, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC. So if you're performing these things, there are licenses based on your congregation size that would be appropriate. And, you know, like, you know how we do the concerts and then there's a DVD of what the choir did. Yeah. Yeah, even that, that's another license that you need in order to capture Holy that after cow. you perform it. And by the way, these agencies that she mentioned, ASCAP, BMI, they're pretty good at, at collecting royalties. Right. Because uh, <laughs> their, their existence is based on it, right? They will find you. Uh, yes. And uh, so uh, now, as you as we were saying, though, you, this, you've gone from sort of uh, your clientele being strictly entertainers to now churches and businesses. Right. Okay. And you had mentioned uh, something about brand people owning their brand Mm -hmm. and that would include even the small businessman correct that's right is is owning your brand like uh having you know this particular name of your business is is it as simple as that or is you looking at or is it something more than that well it's as simple as that when it comes to common law rights and so there's a a difference between common law trademark rights because when we talk about brands we're talking about trademarks a name, a slogan, um, a phrase, you know, so these taglines, an image, right? So those things are, are source identifiers. If I see an apple, you know, I know I'm, what we're talk, dealing with. If I see the two red circles, you know, those are brand, those are source identifiers. So these are consumer protections. That That's what trademark law is all about. It's a consumer protection space in the law that helps us as consumers to have some level of confidence in knowing what the source of our you know goods and services are. Um, so everyone who has a business has a brand. It's up to us to enhance our brand rights. That's what a federal trademark does. 
So some of the things you can do with a federal trademark are you you would have the exclusive right in the United States because these are not worldwide rights. Right. You have to right. apply in separate territories. Right. The exclusive right to use your brand name or your source identifier in commerce. That means you have the exclusive right to use it in association with the goods and services you've identified in your trademark application. So a source, for example, there's a if I were an auto mechanic, I could if you had a, if you had a federal trademark, I could still do my work out of my shop with the name score if I wanted to without infringing on your rights because there's no confusion. No one's going to mix up my services with your services. Yeah. But the trademark infringement happens when these yeah. things overlap. But you, yes, the brand would, protection. You would certainly not mix up Rich with somebody that knows how to fix your car. <laughs> that is for sure. All right. All right. But he knows what he's doing over at school. That's for sure, too. We have anyway. to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Kimra Major Morris. Don't forget, please go to Orlando.score.org and find out. You know, they got stuff going on this week, ladies and gentlemen. You may want to be there for. Yeah. That's Orlando.score.org. And we'll be right back with more of What's the Score. Okay, welcome back to What's the Score. Thank you so much for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, and telling your friends and family all about the show, and more importantly, all about score. That's the whole idea. We really do appreciate that. Rich does, too, because his his fan base is growing. Well, it's huge now. It's huge. It's up to three. <laughs> you can be a part of his fan base, too. Just go to Orlando.com. I'm sorry, Score Orlando on Facebook. Uh, score Orlando on Facebook and like us there. That is Rich Jekyll of Score. I am Christopher Hart. Our guest today is Kimra Major Morris. She's an intellectual property attorney. And I want to get into a little bit more about the specifics that the, the, the every business owner needs to know, but did, did especially she, small business. Yeah, yeah. but but I, I meant to ask you a while back. Uh, was did she do some presentations at school? Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, so you you were one of the lunch with a leader. You did, I, okay? I was going to ask you which one yeah. you did the lunch with the leader. And by the way, that uh, is minimal charge for that, but you get lunch with it. That you get lunch with it, right? And that's exactly uh, that's once a month. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so once again, go to Orlando.score.org. What was yours on? It was was it was on intellectual intellectual property. property. Yeah, Yeah, I thought so. What we're talking about here today. Yeah. And once again, this is every business owner needs to know this uh, to protect yourself in two ways. One, so you don't get sued. Mm -hmm. And one, so you can take advantage if somebody tries to take advantage of you. You can take you can utilize the law to protect yourself. Absolutely. Is that the idea? Yeah. Um, So you were you were telling us that. Churches need to get licenses. Mm-hmm. So, it, and Rich asked me if I had ever heard of that. So, obviously, there are things in this field that my, a lot of people don't know. Right. It's not common sense. And, um, and a, a lot of times people mix up there. And so, I, I guess to start with something basic, there are four areas of intellectual property and copyright, which protects original works of art. Um, manuscripts, yes, types. literary works, okay. your songs, yeah. sculptures, yeah, okay. um, yeah exactly. Um, patents, which are the inventions, mm-hmm. the trademarks, which are the brands or the brand identities, and trade secrets, which protect the processes and things that are not known to the That'll public, be like Coca Cola recipe, yeah. or something like that, mm-hmm. ingredients, right? Yeah. Even yeah. your marketing list. So if you bring on a new person to work with you, you might want to have them sign off on a non-disclosure because if 
your marketing list is uh, something that gets shared. Tra- trade secrets then might be something fundamental to your business. Correct. That could be used against you right. if somebody took that from you. Right. Um, but it's also but your it's not base known. of clients. So it has to be something that's not generally known. Yeah. Hence the word secret. Yeah. It's a trade secret. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. And once again, uh, these are things that most people probably aren't think even about. thinking about, right. much less considering having to deal with. Um, copyrights are kind of exclusive. I mean, there's a lot of people out there, <clears throat> pardon me, creating business. I mean, they're in the business of creating art songs, writing, content for radio, TV, movies, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not everybody. Right. All right. Same with patents. A lot right. of people out there inventing stuff, but that's not for everybody. Trademarks and trade secrets, however, are. All businesses. Right. So, Well, not necessarily the trade, trade secrets, secrets, but, but the trademarks. trademarks. Right. And maybe trade secrets. Mm-hmm. So trademarks, let's, let's focus on that one for a minute. Uh, I think there's a lot of confusion about what a trademark is. Basically, what is a trademark? A trademark is a source identifier. So it might be a name or it might be a, a picture, logo, a logo, mm-hmm. an a image, slogan, icon, a slogan, yeah. could a be sound, a- you know, some stories. It could even be a smell. So we can, you can register these things, things that are identifying the source of your goods and services. Has hmm. uh, wh- who is it? T-Mobile or one of the others? Did they? One of those phone stores. I can't remember uh, which one. It, when you walk into the store, you smell it. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. And now, oh. now is so a trademark. Who gives you a? How do you get a trademark? Because oh. it, it, it's, it's, it's come when you establish a business, or what do you got to do? That's a great question. Oh, don't okay. tell them that. Yeah, Please, it is. It is. I wish more people would ask that question. <laughs> so you get a trademark by using it in commerce, and that's a term, uh, that's a legal term. So a lot of people, unfortunately, think that when they lock in a domain that they they have a trademark, but you don't. you haven't used it yet. You haven't used it to sell goods and services, so you don't have a trademark yet. Um, also, if you go to SunBiz or you know any state website, there's right. a big disclaimer on there that says something. To, I'm paraphrasing. If you register this name, we're not in, we're not responsible for your third party infringement. So meaning meaning you could score. Score is already on there as a registered business. If I go on SunBiz, I might be able to successfully register scored for a similar service just by adding the D. The E-D. No, it adds an E-D. Adding the D, right? right. So because it's not an exact match, it might slip through. But that doesn't mean that score won't send me a cease and desist notice because I'm using something that's confusingly similar. So when you go to SunBiz, you have to be, the, I would say that, but going back to your question, a trademark is a source identifier and, and you get one by selling your goods and services in commerce. So in other words, what I would do if I wanted to establish state trademark rights is I would do a state search. Um, I would also do a basic USPTO, which stands for United States Patent and Trademark Office Search. Now, this is not guaranteed to clear you, but it's some due diligence. You can do that and then start your business and start selling your services. Now you have established some trademark rights in the state of Florida. Okay. Okay. Just in the state of Florida, because those are common law trademark rights. If you want federal protection, 
to cover the whole U.S. territory, you need a federal trademark. And, and then you can exercise your rights against people in other states. And you apply for that at the Patent and Trademark Office. Correct. USPTO.gov. USPTO.gov. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, just because you register with SunBiz doesn't not mean that you have a trademark. Correct. It so just means that the state is allowing you to do business under on, that name. Oh, okay. But All until right. you start actually doing business, you haven't even established state rights okay, so for a trademark. The, okay. So there, there are two aspects then to getting a trademark. One is establishing the common law rights to it via using. Correct. And selling and operating. Mm-hmm. The other is to file for your for official recognition by the Patent and Trademark Office. And there are a lot of benefits to that. So one it's not very expensive either, if I'm not mistaken. Well, right? depends on how you do it. If you do it on your own, which is not recommended because the comprehensive search is the biggest part of this because mm-hmm. they go by the phonetic uh, spelling of a thing. And... Um, if it sounds the same, if it's too similar, then you you can very easily commit trademark infringement without getting professional advice as to what is acceptable for registration. So, but the filing fee is $225. That's the lowest one. There are different ones offered. But typically, if you hire an attorney to help you, you're going to be looking at around $1,500. And how, much, how long is that good for? Well, it's good forever if you keep up your maintenance requirements. So every five years you have to sign off or report to the trademark office to let them know you're still using it and show them proof mm. that it's still active. You can't just um, lock it in and, and not use and it. Forget about right. it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see. I see. And you have you're responsible for an enforce for enforcing it once you have it. So you can water down your rights by not stopping other people who are copying. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Once again, our guest today, Kimra Major Morris, intellectual property attorney, majormorrislaw.com. That's majormorrislaw.com. And so it's important for people to be aware of the ins and outs of trademarks. And But you say it's probably a good idea to just go ahead and get the federal Absolutely. You know why? Because... Common law rights, you know, these laws were written way before the Internet. (laughs) And so think about it. You know, if if you're only going to be protected geographically or in your immediate territory, what's you know, and you're selling things online, but you're not protected in, you know, two states over. It just doesn't make sense. You might as well go get a federal uh, trademark. And, you know, some of the perks are you get to, you know, share that with Custom and Border Patrol so that they can monitor infringing goods that might be coming into the country. You know, the exclusive right, you get to use the circled R. That's illegal to use if you don't have a registered trademark. And social media, if someone has a copycat page, um, you know, you can have that page taken down just by showing your trademark registration. Uh, Amazon is pretty good about it. They have a brand registry just because that's important, too. Because well, you know, I was going to ask you about domain names, mm-hmm. because if you if you purchase a domain name, ostensibly no one else can use that. Is that correct? Well, I wish uh, because there are different extensions now. So you could have score, you already have score.org, but what about if someone has score.tv and score. You know, this, that, or the other, and they're selling similar goods and services. So there is a way, you know, that's, that's remember it goes back to consumer protection. So whenever someone is confused or uh, the general, uh, there's a likelihood of confusion then you have some arguments to form a trademark infringement claim. Wow. Okay. Holy and cow. once again, Kimra can help you if you need to file one of those claims. Yes. Anything that we're talking about, obviously, she can help you with 
as she is an intellectual property attorney. And uh, you said initial consultations are no charge. Right. So I do general consultations at no charge. They have to be phone consultations. Okay. And you can sign up for those. My calendar is displayed uh, through my website. So you can speaking of that. What's your phone number? (laughs) Haha. <laughs> I'd rather be contacted through my site okay. um, just because I'm a solo practitioner. Okay. And so I, I like to make myself available for the times that are that work for the workflow. So you contact through down. your site. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I don't mind talking, but I can't broadcast that. Gotcha. It's already online, but gotcha. <laughs> not inviting. Right. MajorMorrisLaw.com <laughs> is that website. MajorMorrisLaw.com. You spell it just like it sounds. And once again, Kimra is our guest and intellectual property is her expertise. When we come back, we'll get maybe some of the average pitfalls that people need to look out for out there. Once again, you are listening to What's the Score? And don't forget to check out the SCORE website at Orlando.score.org or the national website, which is SCORE.org, <laughs> as Kimra was just saying. And don't forget the Facebook page, too, which is SCORE Orlando on Facebook. And please sign up for the newsletter. It's a great right. newsletter, very informative, and it comes out very regularly. Yeah, it has my name in it a lot. Yeah, it does. But beside <laughs> that fact, it's still a good newsletter to sign up for. All right, you're listening to What's the Score, and we'll be right back with more. Welcome back to What's the Score, the show designed to help you come up with that winning combination for your business. And oftentimes, the winning combination involves good legal advice, and that's what we're getting some of today. And you got Rich Jekyll of Score in the studio with myself, Christopher Hart. Lucy will be back soon. In the meantime, our guest, Kimber Major Morris of the Major Morris Law Firm, MajorMorrisLaw.com is her website. Before we get back to the conversation, though, I want to remind you that one of the reasons why SCORE's profile has been raised so much here in the local area (laughs) is because of this radio show. (laughs) And if you're in business, radio is still the most effective way to get your message out to a mass audience. And, and that is, which part of radio? Uh, well, it depends because the, you obviously have very different formats. And depending on the audience you want to reach, that's the format you want to go for. Okay. Now, if you want to reach an audience who has, shall we say, resources and utilizes those resources, in other words, they buy things, yes. then you'll want to yes. listen to talk radio <laughs> because right. that is your most affluent audience. And, uh, of course, with Salem Media Group here in Orlando, they have four great radio talk stations here with uh, with the talk format, I should say. And uh, talk format is also one of the most listened to formats. Not only does it have the ideal demographic, but it's one of the most listened to, along with country music. There we go. And uh, uh, as I said, with Salem Media Group having four of these talk stations here, they can focus your message to the audience that you would like to have hear it. And with great professionals here at the station, they can do it all for you, or they can do it, make it so it's so easy for you to do, like for Rich and I here. And the fellow you, you call need to, this easy? Yeah. You tell, well, all we have to do is come and sit down and start joking around <laughs> well, and talking. That's true, too. That fellow over there does all the work, <laughs> Jeff sent us. But anyway, Bill Files is the man you want to talk to about getting your message out via Salem Media Group here in Orlando. He's the station manager. His phone number is 407 618 1760. Bill, as most of the people around here have been in radio all of their life, they're dedicated to business. They'll be dedicated to getting your message out and helping you succeed if you give them a chance. 407-618-1760 is Bill Files' phone number. Give him a call and please tell him, Dr. 
Jekyll? <laughs> Mr. Hart sent you. All right. There you go. Okay. Once again, this is what's the score. Our guest, Kimra Major Morris, intellectual property attorney. So what are some of the pitfall, pitfalls that everybody should avoid that, that, are, that, are, that are out there you may not know about, easy to avoid if you know about it? Oh, that's a good, another good question. Uh, Rich wrote it down for me during the break. Right. <laughs> a lot of people have a tendency to jump on what's trendy. So name a, an expression that's that's pretty popular right now. Um, Indeed. No, that's not. A, how about woke? Woke. That's it. Woke. Okay. So, right. Everyone's saying woke. And if I just said, I I'm going to start woke. a t-shirt line. That's because you ain't woke <laughs> You, I'm going to start a T-shirt. You still I'm asleep? Gonna, with I'm going to start a T-shirt line, and the name of it's going to be woke. Okay, woke. So that would be a mistake. Why? Most of the times, because we already know it's heavily used. How many T-shirts have you seen with it on it? So you but, don't so want to jump must, on. But does does that mean that anybody can do it, or all of the, a lot of these people are violating somebody's rights? Well, that's the thing. We don't know because we don't know who owns it. Which is which is the point. So if it's so saturated already, the strongest trademarks are the ones that are arbitrary, the ones that have nothing to do with your product. So Walgreens would never file a trademark for we sell pills because CVS could do the same thing without necessarily violating their trademark because they're describing what they do. Okay. Okay. So going back to the woke example, it's a it's a popular expression right now. And if I were to set myself up for Google alerts to try to monitor how many times someone is saying woke, imagine how full my box would be. Sure. So you want to find something or focus on something that's that's rare, you know, that stands out, that's distinguishable. Um, so stay away from the big trendy thing. Yes. And then what about if it was a trendy thing? Can you kind of try to get the old magic from it or you could to stay away but then it's hard to identify the source remember that's okay. the point in a trademark because right. we're identifying the source right. of, of goods and services so well, unless you were the first person to say it right you know and and to use it then i say jumping on the bandwagon later is not necessarily strategic and isn't the old idea though to really be unique Yes. As well? Yeah, you want to be. But, you know, sometimes you see trends, which brings me back to your question about some of the pitfalls. One of the pitfalls is going to partnership with someone and not clearly um, stipulating stipulating who who's going to be able to use the intellectual property right. in the event of a breakup. Yep. I've seen a lot of um, organizational documents that never once address the intellectual property. Is that something bands have to do? Bands with have to do it. But think about your business partner. You build a successful business. Yep. You know, and and it, then one person walks away and there's nothing yeah, in there that it? says, right, do I get to keep saying that I started it with you? Mm -hmm. Do I keep, you know, or are you just going to pay me quietly? So those kinds of things have to be outlined. Uh, just as a, as a side note, I just mentioned bands. And, of course, you started your your legal career mm -hmm. helping primarily entertainers do, right do you still uh do you still have a lot of entertainers as your client i have some i have some I have famous clients that i've registered trademarks for because it's um, because there seems to be like with uh with full sale and a lot of things going on in orlando i mean not as much film industry anymore but certainly a lot of things going on it would seem that they're there will be some demand for that. Oh, absolutely. And so that's the thing about it. So I because I have such a large, large network in the in the entertainment business, a lot of this is built on relationships. And so when someone is looking to protect a brand, I'll get a referral and I'm not limited to just Florida clients because it's federal law. 
Oh, I see. So yeah. you're, you're licensed to practice. Well, intellectual property is federal. So, yeah, you can do that. Oh, that comes with your with your branch. With my, yep, with my practice area. With your practice area. Okay. Uh, once again, hmm. Camera Major Morris is who we're speaking with today. Intellectual property attorney is what she is. MajorMorrisLaw.com is the website. MajorMorrisLaw.com. And if you'd like to speak with her, go to the website. And there's a place where we can sign up and she'll contact you by phone. Rich, where in the uh, in the business process should they be contacting you for this? Before you even decide on a name. Okay, very um, good. Yes, before you have to, you have to right, name, right? right. Because uh, that's where really cease and desist notices tend to be born. Okay, <laughs> with the uh, formation of the business. You, okay, yeah, and you can get this uh, uh, checklist of fictitious name from sunbiz.org. Well, yeah, Sunday's, so you don't want to stop there for the state. Right. Remember, state you want to think, think right. broader because this, and I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of times no, people do. No, you're supposed do, to say, that's a great question. That's right. <laughs> people do go to Sunbiz and they say it's available. I get, so those are two words for any intellectual property attorney that just really kind of make you cringe when people say it's available because sometimes people will go to Sunbiz or whatever the state website yeah. is and if they don't see it exactly the way they're spelling it they right. say it's available or they'll go to the USPTO and don't see it the way they're spelling it but you have to remember there are alternate spellings that apply so um, the, you mean phonetically. the word two right so the word two could be the number two it could be T-O-O it could be T-O it could be T-E-W based on some slang, you know, so sure. so you got to consider all these spellings. So when you don't see it the way you're spelling, it doesn't mean it's available. OK, does sure. that mean they're infringing, though? Yes. If they take the name and let's say two, as you said, mm -hmm. but they spell it with a and numerical. if they're selling the same. Yes, two. if they're in the same channels of trade. Oh, uh, if they're it? in the same channels right. of trade. OK, yeah. right. Because gotcha. you're, you're obviously trying to. Right. Or mistakenly or on purpose, but mm -hmm. in either case, you're still liable. Right. Deceive the right. people. Is it possible to, to to get a name registered on SunBiz and yet somebody else nationally has it registered? Absolutely. And they find out, oh, this Absolutely. guy down there in Orlando yep. is using my name. Which right? is why you want to do the comprehensive search, because you'll know about all these potential conflicts up front. You'll get it. It includes the common law uses for the, for the various states social media, the domains, global um, databases, because sometimes you think you're making up a word, but then translated, it means something else somewhere. So you get this through the USPTO? No, the, through, you want to get professional, a professional comprehensive search done. Okay. Yeah. Oh, just a, a side note. Senbiz uh, doesn't hack it. Recently, the Supreme Court decided that you can pretty much trademark anything you want right right <laughs> have you seen an uptick in your business with some crude loot or rude uh, things to trademark well i've had a couple of requests <laughs> uh, really? uh, no it's serious uh, for, scandalous marks um yes. you know so the the language profanity a lot of before it was not allowed but now and, it but, is it's a first amendment right to Right. See, the tra I guess the trademark office had set up their own sort of protocols. Right. And based on taste and, you know, sort of common decency. Some of the stuff and, doesn't have any taste. Though. Well, and, and they took them to court on it and they won. And they won. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. But once again, it, that just shows you, the, uh, however, the importance of what we're talking about here. 
because phrases and things like that can be trademarked. Exactly. And so, you know, you, as, as, if you're going to be in business and dealing with things like this, you need to be aware. Brand of, identity. It, you know, you, you right. I, we deal with identity theft all the time, but, you know, business identity theft is a oh, thing. Yeah. You know, and, and building your brand is one of the main things you do in business. Right. So if you're building your brand and all of a sudden find out, you, you better stop. It's particularly <laughs> important. I mean, it's important for all brands, but think about the nonprofit, right? You're fundraising. Mm-hmm. Right. And so if yeah. there's any confusion about who people are giving their money to, the Ooh. donors, it because, you know, I so saw this is something yeah. I yeah. represented the Trayvon Martin's family um, in 2012 in registering the trademarks. And so there were a lot of things popping oh, up where people were pretend, yeah, pretending that they were raising money right. for the family. There were people starting schools right. under the name and likeness. So but it was a different business that absolutely. sounded the same. Right. So, so you have you to be were, diligent. You were there to protect the family. Right. So they got a lot of flack for it because people thought they were trying to profit when they were trying to help prevent other people from exploiting. From profiting off wow. their yeah. son. Right. Wow. And what happened? Okay, well, we're going to have to leave it there, okay. but it's been uh, fascinating speaking with you, Kemra. Yeah. Once again, Kemra, Major Morris, intellectual property attorney. You can go to majormorrislaw.com. That's majormorrislaw.com. Sign up there, and she'll be glad to talk to you about Thank your you. brand. Yeah. Right? Okay. And don't forget, to please go to orlando.score.org. Sign up for the great newsletter and go to Score Orlando and like us there. Yeah. Come on down and see us, too. Yeah, that's right. The Orlando Fashion Square Mall, Monday through Friday, normal business hours, Saturday morning, too. Just walk in the door and say, hey. I want to talk to that guy from Score. Yeah. (laughs) See ya. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.